young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Real talk, get back to football. I'm kind of excited to sit in a southern barbershop and just talk ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be oh, so much boy. fun. I can't wait, man. Because yeah, I'm in D.C., they talking about the commanders or something. Yeah. Uh, like, nobody care. <laughs> I, I got my barber is good. But, the, but yeah, but the, the barbershop dancer up there is... Uh, Political. Uh, D minus. D minus. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. Did you so. see what Nancy Pelosi said today? Well, I mean, come on, come and just, man, stop, bro. Stop, stop. Yeah. I don't care. Cut I don't my care. Hair. It's on my Bradley deal. I was like, well, they don't even know what college football is up there. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's a whole lot of stuff going Open on. Open to there. recommendations. At me on Twitter. Uh, send me an email. Business at the War Report. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait, what? Red flag. He said they're Bama fans in that shop. Oh, That's what I'm saying. Nope. So, so you were talking there, about talking ball, but what you was going to really end up being is one out of every 10 locations of everything in the state of Alabama is is Auburn and 9 That's out of 10 That's something else Alabama. you got to remember, too. Yeah. You got to right. remember that, too. So, right. Yeah. Like, look. listen, if I walk in and there's a Bama schedule on the door, it's a no-go. <laughs> right. I'm not. That's right. Yeah. I can't yeah. risk one of them having seen the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, so, and, then my, and then my line be looking like this. Yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> yeah your right. line gonna be looking like a bum after all the bums you called them. They gonna give me that Stephen A. Smith hairline. It's gonna be way back here. Like, nope, trusting no Bama fans. You can just come on to the crib and I give you the Be Well burst. Yeah, be burst. I'll have you out of there in about ten minutes, dog. Clean. Uh, oh my god. Anyway, back to football. <laughs> All right, guys. Offensive stats. Let's talk. Oh, we got to do player of the game first. We got to play the game. Okay. Yeah. Before we go to offense, you're gonna transition for that. So player of the game. There he is, my guy, Jarquez Hunter. Well, he deserved it. Our running back of the future, thirteen. Carries for 109 yards, a touchdown. Uh, he, I guess he had. Oh yeah, he was one of one. He threw for a touchdown as That's well. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. And so had a had a really good kick return. He had a total of two for 44 yards. Kind of an all around guy in this game. Had a great game. Mike G, this is your guy right here. Talk to us about what you observed with Jarquez Hunter. Yeah, listen, we talked about Jarquez earlier. See, before you got on. Um, but he had a great game. And I mean, a lot of y'all aren't ready to have this conversation, but the callback, that play was a callback to a 2004 play where Caddy threw a touchdown to Anthony Mix. Uh, Why are we not ready for that conversation? Jarquez Hunter threw a better pass. 
He threw a better pass. It was a tight. Uh, it, it actually, was, that, that's true. A, it, it was a tight pass. He threw a good pass, but his was a little underthrown. Uh, yeah. Sure. Um, and sure. yeah, and the spiral wasn't as good. Yeah, that's, that's right. a factual right. statement. Right. Yeah. The DV was kind of bearing down on Coy a little bit. Yeah. Right. And I mean, he good threw placement, it. Was a t- good spiral. And the, yeah. the spiral was tight. Timing. Yeah. The spiral was tight, man. Yeah. So uh, hats off to him. Uh, he's going to be an everything man next year for this team. Right, so he's yeah. going to be one of the guys that they talk about on ESPN before every single game. Yeah. Um, that is as a key to the game. That's yeah. Jarquez Hunter. So you know, get let's get ready for this. Uh, these game these games aren't meaningless, man. Like, listen, if he goes out, win or lose, and has his, has a big Iron Bowl, I don't you know? I don't want to project too hard because I don't want to get my hopes up too much. I know what you're going to say, but quit Sean Jenkins and Jarquez Hunter in the same backfield, dog. Oof. Oof. Oh my God! If that man, bro, that's that's literally the only reason I would be on the lane train. I'd be Honestly, like, bro, come, I, come on! How, how, how likely bring is Jenkins, that? Man, how very, likely is that? Though? Very because they is don't it? know that their next head coach is going to be run centric like Lane is. That's who recruited him. That's who was in the stands to get him, and he wanted to be at Auburn anyway. And if you're Auburn, he you did. can say, "Hey, man, those guys didn't want you. Them guys are gone. I want you, Lane. I'm I'm Lane. I'm gonna be there. Come with me. We're gonna keep toting the rock. Okay, closer to home." Let's get it. Get that transfer, you good. Right. Uh, like, I mean, I don't know. Is, that is this happens. Like, is this like a Lincoln Riley situation with K- Caleb Williams where it was just like Possibly. I'm going, yeah. I'm taking this dude, yeah. I'm taking my Heisman guy with me. Wow. Dog, and then you still got Austin too, bruh. Come on, man. And we might Cobb, not ever throw the ball next year. Cobb going he's still on the ship. <laughs> Cobb's still on board. <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, Jeremiah Cobb. Yeah. Man. Uh, he can wait his turn. Yeah, we could we could get Cobb and redshirt him, and then still have a two headed monster waiting. Yeah, for sure. We're completely insured against injury. Oh, stop! Still got Austin there. I will. Well, listen, we got about six days before we hear something because it could happen after the Iron Bowl. It could happen after the Egg Bowl on Thursday. Let's just wait. Yeah, after 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 Ole Miss is done, (laughs) right? Because yeah, we we sure. haven't we have an interim, so it right. just doesn't matter, right? Yeah, it's after right. he's done. I forgot about that. You're right. It could it could happen. Uh, uh, it could happen Thursday night or Friday. And the, re- and the reason why is you're going to be curious to see what's happening with him and Ole Miss after after the Egg Bowl. If it's still mm-hmm. quiet on that front, very telling. Well, yeah. they said he's been tendered uh, an extension, but there's been no word on him signing it. Right, that's what I'm saying. If you don't hear anything on that, that could be yeah. very telling. That extension uh, was weak AF, bro. Like, so, from what I heard. Why Why do y'all want this to happen so bad? Because it was entertaining, damn it. Do you it know again. What, no, just you know, you know what's funny was? <laughs> it's provocative. The, the, the last show before I got sick, we argued about yeah. Tank. And, um, <laughs> like, weeks later, I'm checking in my DMs, and people are like, man, Mike got mad about Tank. Yeah, 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 I quit the show. <laughs> people, people were like, they were hitting me up on Twitter about like yeah. why I, I I pushed Mike off of the show and <laughs> see this is what happens. I saw you get into an argument with Mike. You be in your feelings too much, and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's so funny, man. Listen, <laughs> your fault. I, I blame yeah. you. I <laughs> I be in my feelings, so apparently, you know. Yeah, man. the theory right. is, and to go back to to clarify that for those of you who don't know, the, the fellows were being pretty discreet about my illness because I was, I was very sick, but I did not have a diagnosis. So there was nothing to tell people, Hey, 
Right. Mike's, Mike's dealing with this or that. Uh, Blackerby said the same thing, too. He said in the lockdown universe, a lot of people were just like, man, what happened? They they finally got in an argument they couldn't resolve because uh, me and him disagree all the time. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I promise you, Ike's my G, Zach's my G, like, uh, there are very few arguments you can't come back from. Uh, Especially about football. football like, why are we yeah, going right. to not be friends about a football argument? Yeah, Y'all well, being for yeah, real? What are, what are kinda, we, Bama fans? I know, right? <laughs> That's a I'm, really good one. I'm in the South. I'm going to buy a gun. He disagreed with me. Now, if y'all were Bama fans, I would have to get in the middle of that. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, no. I'm not going to shoot Ike over Stop, Mike. He's a family. Oh, man. Offensive stuff, man. Anyway, 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 anyway. Let's talk offensive stats. Passing 9 of 20 for 122 yards and a score. One of those nine, of course, was from Jarquez Hunter. Of course, of course, of Mm -hmm. course. Uh, Rushing. Started off a little slow, but we really started to grind it out in the second half for a total of 252 yards on the game on 42 attempts. Three scores. Guys. Auburn took care of the ball and won the turnover battle in this game. Yeah, right. Let's let's that was talk a key. about it. That was a that was a factional question, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it it was. was. Yeah, we all were gloom and doom. <laughs> no, I was positive. No, you yeah, were positive? I say, we, oh. we said that we would win the turnover battle. I said we like, would. I said we would have at least one turn. We would have a turnover, yeah. but we would still right, win. I say, but mm. the question was more so like, were we not going to have any turnover? I was like, I don't know. About no, that I don't cause. know about that. Yeah, it because was tough. again, Western Kentucky has forced the most turnovers of any team in college football this season. We only had one turnover scare the whole game, and that was a bad snap for all of the people who— Yeah, for sure. Well, I ain't going to say all the people. I'm going to call him out outright for Robert Smith, who says that Robbie's good for two turnovers a game, and he's going to give 14 points to the other team. That was not the case in this game. Right. Uh, I would also like to take the time to give Ike a shout-out. He told y'all last week that Western Kentucky was a second-quarter team. Absolutely. Yeah. And they came out in that second quarter and tied the game. Uh, sure. Fortunately for us, they're not a third or fourth quarter team. But <laughs> that, yeah. how they've been, I, I watched like four games because I had never seen Western Kentucky play. I was like, I got to go look at something, bro. They jump out early and then they extend the lead in the second quarter and they cruise through the rest of the game. That's how they've been playing the whole year. Right. Mm-hmm. We shut them down early. They did their second quarter magic. They couldn't put it in cruise control. Right. 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 Yeah, uh, it, let's. I mean, again, we already talked about Jarquez. Tank got going. I mean, he he started really eating up a lot of yards because I think he had 11, 12 carries in the first half. But the running game just opened up in the second half uh, for for him as well as for Jarquez. He started get, we start really getting a lot of chunk plays, and and I think those guys really begin to get into a groove. Uh, Robbie Astrid was 8 of 19, 102 yards. But I like what they were doing early in the game with him. Um, there were some short passes and some short throws that, that they were using him on. And I liked how we were moving the ball in the first quarter uh, of this game. So, Ike, your thoughts about that and what you saw uh, at the yeah. game? I, I still think the short passing game has not been as prevalent as it could be. I think that there are some easier ways to get Robbie involved in the pass game. Uh, What I did like 100% uh, when I look at this from a rushing standpoint, 
uh, where is where is his rushing yards? Nine attempts for 37, right? They didn't try to run Robbie a lot. They were going to run the ball, but they were going to yeah. lean on the fact that people thought he was going to run right, right. to open it up in the run game. And the only reason that I like that is because you save its body from a bunch of hits. Mm-hmm. So, I, listen, I, I like Robbie as a runner, but I also like Robbie to be able to finish games. Right. And the, the job isn't done. Next week we might need him a little bit more. But they didn't need him this game, and so they didn't put him in the opportunity to get hit a lot. He didn't yeah. take a bunch of big hits in this game. So I'm definitely glad that they were able to do that. But I do wish that they would. Uh, the perfect example for this of what I mean of like just getting the ball in playmakers' hands in space was the throw that he had that went for a first down in the red zone to Jay Fair. Mm-hmm. Jay Fair was putting – go. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm point that out on the watch the film. It's the only catch he had in the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he yeah. was getting kind of freaky out there. I was yeah. like, Oof. yeah. Listen, yeah. Uh, if you have not yeah. seen the building report we did with Jay Fair, just uh, you if you watched that, you wouldn't be surprised at what you saw there. Like, just man, a, one of he, the he hardest put, working he put, guys. He put on a the couple team. dudes um, in the emergency room. I think their ankles might still need to be in recovery from yeah. what he did out there on on one catch. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, speed and quickness. So he he wasn't kidding when he said he the, that short burst speed. He got he got busy. For, right. for like, I forgot how many yards it was on the catch, man. But it was nice, bro. I was, I was um, very appreciative of what happened. It looked eleven to yards. Me, I just looked at it. It looked to me um, like Robbie uh, was finally started taking something off the short passes. Um, yeah, he had know, much better touch yeah. on those passes. He still yeah, the, he still zipped one way over Tank's head on a thing where he was rolling yeah, out to his sure, left, right, right. but. Well, uh, he, he yeah. threw a beautiful he, he screen better. pass. I ain't gonna he say he's like no Heisman candidate, but he played better yesterday. He yeah, he he uh, he. Had, there was a screen, I think it was the tank that he hit that mm-hmm. was a, a nice pass, and then he had one yeah. to from from as well on the move mm-hmm. that was a short pass, and you know he put the right velocity on it, so from was able to catch it in stride and, and get upfield. Um, so yeah, I, I saw some things that looked better, uh, and. You know, if you're expecting the deep shot to shed, even though he didn't catch it, looked good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that was yeah. a drop, so it should have been it should have been ten Yo. ten completions in his arms, not in his hands. But the defender got in his arms. That was yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, he threw so. one on a rope to Coy Moore on third down that I thought Coy probably should have caught. Oh yeah, I know. I remember that one. I remember yeah, that one. It was in the second half, I think. Yeah, there were two or three passes that probably should have been caught, and you know this. Stat line would for him would look a little better, yeah. uh, but he took he. I thought he did. I thought he did some really good things out there. And then when you're playing the game like this, just hand it off, hand off, hand off. What he keeps, he's dangerous. It's all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah he could be thirty yards upfield. You know, you blink and he's thirty yards upfield. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm going to be excited to see what the next guy can do with him. Uh, because if I'm sure of anything. I'm sure that these quarterbacks weren't getting any tutelage at all. Mm. Uh, definitely not from Keysout. Now, I know that Mike Hartline was working with the QBs some, yeah. but I don't know how much influence he had on certain things. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be imperative that whoever we bring in, which is why I, I'm excited about Lane Kiffin. You know, if you look back over his career, can you really say they have never had a dynamic quarterback under Lane Kiffin at every, everywhere he's been? Uh, you know, he does well with quarterbacks, and we need a guy with a proven track record, um, especially when you're an offensive head coach. Your offense should not struggle. 
our defense takes a little bit of a hit, I get it. But, you know, Lane Kiffin going out here and scoring 17 points a game and we're losing by four points is unacceptable. As far as I'm concerned, I don't care what the squad looks like. He should be able to scheme up 28 points a game. Right. Sure. Yeah. Any other thoughts on offense, guys? Uh, I think someone mentioned uh, the great job. You know, what we've been seeing with the uh, the offensive line and uh, what's what's the guy uh, former player who who's taking him over? He was an analyst and Kendall Simmons. Yeah, yeah, Simmons mm-hmm. gave him a lot of kudos and love. Thoughts on what we saw up front with the O line? Yeah, second half amazing. Uh, first half they you know they were getting it handed to him a little bit, and Cadillac talked about how he challenged his offensive line. He in his in the post game presser, you can check that out on our channel right now. In the post game presser, he talked about the halftime adjustments weren't really adjustments. He said they went into the half and they were like, "Look, guys, you're getting whooped up front." Mm-hmm. And he said he challenged his running back room, and he's like, "You're gonna take some hits. I need you to get some yards after contact." Like, just, like, y'all are going down too easily right now. Right. Fight through the tackles and get us some extra yards. Because, again, if we can do that, we can break their will. And they came out in the second half, and it was like, all right, cool. What you said? Block them better? Gotcha. (laughs) Run harder? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, there was no magic that happened in the second half. It was just players were like, they got tired of getting beat. And it was just like, we're not going to lose this game. We're going to go back out here and we're going to whoop some folks. And we're going we gonna, to you know, whoop it real quick. <laughs> get back out here and get on the bus and go to Tuscaloosa. Yep. Let's get to the defense. Defense total half. I like these poses here. Uh, 62 tackles, two sacks on the night, five tackles for loss. Had a QB hurry, two interceptions, one of them being a pick six. 10 pass breakups, uh, gave up 396 yards. You know what's so cool about this on the 300 yards passing? Because I think this was a facts or not. I think we talked Mm -hmm. about this at some point. The QB for Western Kentucky actually threw for 289 yards. Darius Ocean came in and completed two of three for 11 yards. So we technically held their starting QB under 300 yards passing. And the game was already decided by that point. By the time they got to 300, 96 yards rushing thoughts on the defense. And I wonder, did that conversation that Caddy had uh, was with the defense as well? Because the defense was getting his fair share of stops at times, but there were some chunk plays we were giving up in the second quarter that Western Kentucky was able. And I can see why this team is dangerous, because when they get those chunk plays, they get into a serious rhythm offensively. Mm-hmm. And so once we were able to eliminate that in the second half, it's like their offense kind of went to nothing at that point. But thoughts on the defensive performance? I'll start with you, B. This, this is the defense we thought we would see all season. Based on the personnel that we had, we expected to see this type of defensive performance. Um, maybe you expect a little less with A.Q. Leota, but this, this is it, man. Like, I don't, it's, it's still baffling to me. And and maybe I have a new appreciation for just how much um, a head coach can affect college kids, mm. more so than pros. Pros are going to play. Head coaches and the pros are very overbearing and workmen and do your job and all that stuff. And it's not fair. You might not like them, but you go out there and ball because you're getting paid. All right? Here, how much you like what you're doing, how much you like the coach, how much you like what you're being asked to do in your scheme, and all of that matters. 
it matters so much because what I've seen now is I have seen some new faces. Cam Riley back out there is an improvement for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, Seeing him get to guys and tackle soundly has been refreshing to see the last couple of games. But it seems like these guys, Caddy unlocks something motivationally in these guys that has made all the difference. There have been some things schematically. Simpson going to safety absolutely made a difference. Um, rotating more guys along the defensive line and at linebacker seems to have absolutely made a difference. I, you, you can't help but think, what if, what if I, I wanted this defense all season? I wanted this defense all season, man. When I was betting on Auburn to cover the spread against Arkansas, that's when I wanted this defense. We didn't have it. I lost money that week. It's all good, though. But mm-hmm. I'm proud that this is how this team is going out. Like, that's what probably stuck out the most to me. Like, thank goodness that this is how Derek Hall plays his last game at Auburn. Yeah. Um, that, that this is how so many of these offensive linemen are going to go. I know we're talking about defense, but that effort there. Papo. Papo improved so much in the last month. Did they just have him? Taking on too much? Was it, was it a matter of the wrong guys were on the field, so he was trying to overcompensate? He looked so much better the last month. Is it just scheme? Is it just who they got out there? Is it just motivation? Maybe it's a little bit of all three, but thrilled. Not only for the defensive guys who have been here for four years, but also for the new guys who got on the field. When Dylan Brooks got that sack, man, to see how happy that team was for him. Yeah. That that that's, that been trying to cheat my boy too, man. He tried to say it was a pass. Man, I've been waiting to, to see <laughs> yeah, him take the field in, in limited opportunities. He's found a way to make an impact on the field. Uh, you know, so his name has kind of gotten lost in mm-hmm. you know what is all this you know rigmarole that's been going on around the team. But mm-hmm. like he was a high profile recruit. ESPN had him as the 18th overall player in that class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we took him from Tennessee uh, at the last minute, you know, after they started going through what they were going through. So I was excited. You know, the other thing that I noted about the defense was it felt like I never got the feeling like like they've been on the field too much. Right. 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 I never got the feeling like eh, we're going to wear down in the fourth quarter like I'm worried. I, the The only worry I had was when Marcus Harris went down. And yeah, then sure. somebody yeah, else Burks. went down. Burks. Yeah. Marquise Burks both went down, and Jeffrey Ember was already out for the game. And I was like, oh, Lord, we about to get thin, bro. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But it, it ultimately didn't seem to, to matter. J- shout out to Jason Jones, man. Jason Jones played a lot of snaps yesterday, he and did. he played well. He did. He played well. He's uh, kind of been playing all season with a nagging His elbow, has been elbow injury. Yeah, so like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, he's been beasting it. Uh it was, it was, it was, it was, it just seemed even in the second half. I did, I didn't feel any stress. Well, let's, I, it was, listen, let's talk about this. Let's talk, let's talk about uh, one of Ike's guys, uh, yours as well, Mike. Y'all get in here. Sherman Sawyer says DJ James yeah. finally got that pick and, and took it to it, made a house call with oh, it as yeah. well. Should have had a, a one earlier, but yeah, you know, man, yeah. the house call was a. Man, I don't know what. So first and foremost, I don't even know what Austin Reed was thinking throwing that pass. Yeah, because I was like, who? There was a guy technically like in the area, but yeah, he was surrounded but, by blue jerseys. It was, it was a dumb decision. I was like, if anything, throw that ball into the ground at at everybody's feet in that crowd of people. Yeah, but uh, he, he made a, just take he, the sack. He, he made a few throws like that. Yeah, uh, throughout yeah. the game, it just this one it, it finally burned him. 
So yeah. Right. yeah, he was a little erratic in this game. He was airmailing a couple of throws. He was behind and late on some throws. Uh, it, it almost it, it was one of those situations where I felt like he felt like his arm was better than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And it was cold out there, and maybe the grip wasn't where he thought it was going to be. But he was just tr- he was trying to fit some stuff in, and it was just like, bro, well, that's not. What a are you? Decision. What are you? What are you doing, man? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I'm happy he did it because I'm happy for DJ James. Yeah, because yeah. the one yeah. he threw to Keontae Scott that got picked off, I was like, that's the, the throw wasn't there. Like, luckily there was an right. offsides call, but it's like, why did yeah, you even right. make that throw? Keontae right. was in phase in the man's hip pocket the whole way. Mm-hmm. He basically ran the route for the receiver. I was Wait just like, a minute, what is are that doing? the one? Which one was that? What Keontae got? Is that the one? He late got in the an game? interception, but it was no. He got an interception, but like the uh, it got called back for because we were offsides on the play. Right. Okay. I thought that was <clears throat> I thought that was Darius Ocean, but it it anyway. Nevertheless, nevertheless, because yeah. Darius Darius threw one too, and we oh, had an yeah, it might it might have been it, it might have been the other. Was, I yeah. think that okay. one was Darius. That one okay, was my Darius. bad. But yeah, yeah, no, still I was well. He just playing like Austin Reed then because I didn't even <laughs> notice it was in there. Um. Apparently that's what their quarterbacks do is try to make throws that aren't actually there during the game because they are, they're so confident in their arm. Stewart is saying his hand got hit during the throw. Which one? The one to DJ James? I think so. He was in the grasp of someone. Like he shouldn't have tried to make that. That's my whole point. It's yeah. like why yeah, he was going down. It was you a curious decision. Take the sack, bro. Like what are that's you doing? Usually what that's usually what a young freshman would do getting in the game trying to make a play. Yeah, do something like that. For sure. Uh, but yeah, glad to see DJ finally, re- after dropping a sure-handed pick, get a pick. Which he again. made a great play on the first one. Like right. he undercut the route, jumped up there. I think the quarterback thought he could just get it right over the top of him. And DJ made a great play on it. He just didn't come down with it ultimately. But For sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, happy for him. Um, so yeah, it's just it was just good to see this defense be opportunistic at times and take advantage of a quarterback being very aggressive and uh was able to pull the game away. Uh any other thoughts guys with the with the front seven any we were able to get a little bit of pressure eventually in the second half it, it looks like. It seems like we threw off the timing of the quarterback at times. Uh anybody else that stood out on defense guys that that you you want to make mention of? Um Keontae Scott, I thought played well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought Keontae played well. He had an uh, almost pick. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think who else like stood out. They called a penalty. Actually, he did pick it, but they called a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, let me think about this for a second. Cam Riley had a decent game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we already talked about Owen. Uh, Robert Woodyard got in there a little bit. He got a couple of tackles on special teams, so good to see mm-hmm. him out there. Tisdall yeah, was, sure. was doing his thing on special teams. We hadn't gotten to special teams yet, but yeah. Right. Um, I think that's probably about it for defensive, like who stood out in my mind. Right. But. I'm, I'm I'm eager to see this defense show up again later this week against Bama on the road. So they always say defense travels. I'm one of these guys that really look good in the passing game yet again. So we would definitely see about that. Let's get to special teams. Special teams, we had two punt returns, two for 31 yards, kick return, three for 66 yards. You had punting five punts for 207 with an average of 41 yards per punt. Alex McPherson, two for two, one of them being a 50-plus yarder. He had a pretty good game. Seems like we're feeling good about field goal kicking again. I think that that kick might have been good from 57. 
Yeah, he, he had to put any distance on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thoughts on special teams? I'll start with you, Mike. Um, congratulations to Alec, Alex McPherson. Um, you know, in only his second college game, you go out, you nail a 51-yarder. Uh, and I'm telling you, that is something. Now, this is a, this kid, uh, he hit a 61-yarder, I think, in high school. So, you know, he's got a leg on him. And um, it was kind of good maybe to see the future at that position mm-hmm. because uh, it's been a while since, you know, somebody not named Carlson has made kicks for Auburn. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that he got those reps in this season um, here at the end of the season because here's what's going to happen. Uh, you're going to need every point you can get next week in the Iron Bowl versus Bama. Right. If you're going to compete and you're going to stay in the game, you're going to have to, to hit those field goals. And there, there were a couple of games this year where I felt like missed field goals cost us, cost us the game. You know, in, in tight games where, hey, man, the whole complexion of the game changes if he hits hits those field goals. So it's, um, you know, hey, listen, I liked it on kickoffs. Uh, Evan McGuire got in there and I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, like I, I thought they were kicking short on. On purpose. I'm not sure because he kicked the first one into the end zone. zone, It it never happened again in the game. So I don't know if it was on purpose or not. Yeah, the the following ones, it looked like they were trying to do kind of like a long pooch. Yeah, yeah. So um, nothing really stood out there to me. I think he did the job. Um, Just don't kick the ball out of bounds. (laughs) That's my my pet peeve. Don't kick the ball out of bounds on a kickoff. Uh, And the rest of his special teams, Keontae Scott, Made a nice play on a punt return. So uh, they had, I think uh, you were saying, like they had Worsham and Scott stacked. Yeah. And Which was he, interesting. Like, they've never done that all year. Mm-hmm. And it actually worked because they didn't, like, because both of them were like, oh, let me pretend like I'm going to catch it. And so they didn't know who to key in on. Right. Uh, unless, uh, and if they, so they, you either had to guess or look up for the ball as a uh, person who was trying to cover cover the kick. So I thought it was an interesting strategy. Yeah, he did. He's got some moves, man, I'm telling you. Some of these defensive guys, I like to see them get the ball and get in the open field and see what they could do because some of the fastest guys we have on the team are on that side of the ball. Right. Um, And, you know, overall, I think special teams didn't hurt us. Right. They didn't hurt us, and and it was an asset. And, you know, if you miss that 51-yarder, you give Western Kentucky the ball with great field position. And who knows how the flow of the game may change once you start to give a team like that a little bit of life. So I thought special teams did the job. I was happy with special teams yesterday. Yeah, no, special teams was good. Uh, Kickoff coverage was good other than that one that we gave up the long return on. Um, So a really great job on coverage of kicks. Um, Nothing really to talk about from a punt return standpoint, man. Chapman has been doing his thing. Um, you know, we've got we got a couple of good returns in the kickoff game. I think we did have returns like had a couple penalty. of them. I think we had one penalty for that kick catching kick catching interference. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, overall, uh special teams did their job. Nothing terrible about it. Great kick by McPherson. I talked to him a little bit after the game in the um the press room uh, and he was just saying that he could tell the difference. Like 
talking to him after the first game, he was like, oh, yeah, no, it was no problem. You know, you just go out there and you kick. But he he admitted after this game, he's like, yeah, it felt different the second time because he was mm-hmm. a little more relaxed. I think it'd be interesting to see his first road game, though, right? Like next right. week, road right. environment, uh, whether or not that pressure is a little different for him or if he's just going to go out there and handle business. Well, I'm telling you, them balls feel a little heavier on the road. <laughs> <laughs> What you be doing on the road, Mike? Uh, <laughs> uh, how do I rephrase that one? Um, the balls don't travel as far on the road. There's <laughs> no uh, now. Uh, listen, man. The ball it's more bounce, difficult the to ball, kick when you're on the road. The ball bounces differently on the road. Oh, my goodness. Right? No, the ball bounces <laughs> differently on the road. It comes off your foot just a little bit tighter and like. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, it just sounds like uh, you're in some weird kink stuff. Ten year old. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, too late. So, it's too late. Oh, <laughs> man. Y'all oh, are good. Touch uh, on balls, heavy balls. <laughs> I, I refuse to laugh because my side still hurts. But, like, uh, they had, he's going to, I mean, again, but if you can go out there and you can make kicks in a game like that in an environment yeah. like that, man, he can become a legend. Does anybody remember a little running back we had back in the day named Trey Smith? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Right? For Ronnie and sure. Cadillac got hurt at the end of the 2003 season. And this little 150-round running back we had, I don't know how oh, he was. Come on, we exaggerate that. No, he was, he was small. Trey was I mean, small. he was three foot two, 16 <laughs> pounds, and he ran all over the Bama defense. Uh, he was small, and he went out in that Iron Bowl and, and ran for 126 yards in his first start, his only start, I think, versus Alabama yeah. in Tuscaloosa, right? We need Jarquez and um, Tank to have that kind of performance this Saturday. Yeah. I think one of them, one of them goes for 100 yards rushing. I think Auburn has a good chance in this game uh, because, again, the best defense for me to me for Bryce Young is to keep him on the sideline. Yeah, it's a, it's a sound strategy. Yeah, keep him on the yeah. sideline. And yeah. you can do that with ball control and a good run game. So it, it's uh, they're going to need that um, next week. Uh, but all these guys, man, I'm telling you, the mentality, the great ones can go into a road environment. And make it a home environment in their head. Yeah. So I'll be I'll be interested to see how the players respond. And then they have a coach. Now they have a coach. They have a guy who's played in that game in Tuscaloosa and going in there and beat them. Mm. Right. And they can say to them, you know, listen, let me tell you guys about this feeling. And that that means that means something. Um, you know, I met I met one day living in Phoenix. Um, I met I was out to drinks with uh, Kenyon Barner, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and if you don't remember who Kenyon Barner is, he was an Oregon running back in 2010 when we beat beat them in the national title game. And so they were him and Cam both ended up on the Panthers, and uh, they were playing in Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> and Kenyon said during warmups. In University of Phoenix Stadium, because, you know, Cam, you know, they won that. He beat him. He looked at Kenyon and he said, you remember this feeling? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you remember this feeling, don't you? All right? And that, that, that feeling that, I mean, he was joking, but that feeling that he's talking about, I think, you know, if you could find a way to, 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 to properly translate that to your players, and get them to understand, like, hey, nobody expects us to win, 
But let me tell you what we did when nobody expected us to win in this stadium right. against this team. Right. I, I just I just think I think this might be the perfect scenario in terms of the Iron Bowl to have Cadillac as the you know, and then so many former players who also played in the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Right. On the staff or around the team during this time. Um, so, you know, like I said, I was proud of McPherson. Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully they get like Damon Duvall to come back and talk to <laughs> McPherson about kicking in the Iron Bowl. Like I mean, he was a dog at kicker. Uh, he was the last guy that we, I think that we had that did all three. Yeah, I think it, so. He was the last guy that was punt, so. kickoff, you know, field goals. And um, get these guys ready. So draw on that experience, you know, you know, for, for guys at, you know, at kicker, at running back, at quarterback, uh, uh, you know, receiver, you know, and on the line and, and go out there, man, and just, you know, fighting chance against, against these elephants, man. I, I think they can do it. And, that might be me bugging just a little bit, but like, I th- I, I haven't seen anything super impressive from Bama this year uh, that makes me think that they're unbeatable. It's in their house, so they got an edge, but whatever. A little bug ain't bad, man. A little bug ain't bad. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. For sure, for sure, guys. Is that let's a B2K talk. Reference? No, no. no. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's get <laughs> let's get to coaching. Some stats related to coaching or we can attribute to coaching. Five penalties for a total of 45 yards, 18 first downs, uh, six of 14 on third down, one of one on fourth down. We're in the red zone. We went three for three. And time of possession ended up being pretty even, it looks like. Even. That, right? Yeah. yeah, pretty close. Yeah, it was even. Wow. Pretty even in this game. Um, surprised at that. Uh, thoughts on the coaching, uh, just in all phases. So we can start with offense. Our thoughts about coaching, guys. I mean, listen, they were a well prepared team. Hey, yeah, yeah. Like, listen, the uh, I talked to Owen Papo a little bit after the game, just about like str- strategically what they were doing defensively. Um, they came into this game saying they weren't going to blitz a lot because they knew Western Kentucky was going to try to get the ball out quick. A lot of quicks in their offense. So he's like, we, we need as many people as we can back defending as opposed to trying to send people to pressure Austin um, Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, the strategy, again, as I told you guys, I watched Rice run over this team. Like I literally second end of the second quarter, going into the third quarter, Rice was just like, beating them down in the run game. The problem was Rice kept turning the ball over, but their run game was effective. Mm-hmm. And so, listen, coaches watched the same tape I did. It was like, oh, you can run on these guys. You could, like you just need to stick with the run. Right. And you have to be defensively able to not give up big plays. They right. limited the big play opportunities, and they wore them down in the run game. They had the exact right strategy to go and beat this football team, and they stuck to that strategy despite the fact that the second quarter looked the way that it did. They went into the halftime, and they were like, hey, Caddy said he walked out of the locker room. He's like, I let the players have it, and I let them talk. And then I came back in there, and then we we went in, and we reaffirmed some things, and we talked schematically how we were going to make adjustments to get people in the right situations in the run-blocking game. But he was like, I let the players handle it. And they knew what they needed to go out there and do, and they went out and executed it. So that's that's good coaching to me. Yeah, right. for sure, for sure. Uh, B thoughts on coaching, man. I mean, the effect we've talked about the effect that Caddy has had on this team um, over the course of, of his tenure so far, and we've seen more of it. Uh, we see guys looking to 
just again, I'm 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 reevaluating several things that I thought about coaching and how it affects teams and players this season. And I don't think I'll ever underestimate the uh, the mental and emotional effect that a coach can have on players. Um, not after this season. I have to see the difference between them under Brian Harson and all you change is who's running the ship. And now all the players play much better. Um, it's it's been a phenomenal uh, just display. I, I I don't think there's anything different I can take from this game, but we've seen intensity come back, and that does amount to a lot of it is Caddy's decision to be intentional about the run. Balance was an illusion under Brian Hartson because we didn't have the horses to be balanced. We didn't have the offensive line to protect a quarterback who was just going to stand back there and pick a defense apart. And right. the decision to go, nope, we're not doing that. This is what we're doing. We're a lot closer to being able to execute a physical, consistent run game than we are a downfield passing, balanced run-pass attack. Mm. That decision, as soon as he got the reins, we've, we've just seen it evolve over the last three weeks is what we've seen. And it continues to improve. And um, I'm, I'm proud of him, proud of the team, proud, proud of, man, the city was back last night. Yeah. If you came down the night before, I know I was down here the night before, it was busy Friday night. Yeah. Uh, for the first time, well, not the first time because it was last week too, but these last two weekends are, are you see the fan base back, you see the energy back. That's because of the effect that Caddy has had on his team and the city. It's amazing, man. I don't think they could have made a better decision. We get we gave Rich McGlynn his his flowers on, I think that was uh, the last time we talked. It was pregame. I think it was pregame, but yeah. Richard Rich. He, he he did the thing, man. We we, we got it right. And that, that's, that was a thing that really surprised me, B, because you, you talked about really utilizing the talent that you have on the team. One of the things that we heard a lot about Harson is in his offense is that it's multiple. So the idea and the concept is if you have a multiple offense, you can easily tweak your offense to fit the skill set of the people on your team. So to see this staff actually do that afterwards has just been it's been pretty interesting to see. Um, so I, I am, um, I'm happy for Caddy. I think they've done a great job in pivoting. I think they've done a great job in really being able to motivate not just the players, man, but the whole Auburn family. And there's excitement that's back and there's hope. And so that's, that's one of the things that I'm, I think, again, we gave Rich McGlynn, we gave, uh, the president a lot of love and credit for the decision, because if it was up to us, It'll be someone else being the the interim head coach for them right. to pick caddy and for what has followed. You got to give hats off to them. But Mike, sure. your thoughts on coaching and and uh, what you saw? Oh, uh, is, is anybody watching Sandman on Netflix? I'm like no. two thirds of the way through the season. <laughs> this is this is really way off base, uh, but I promise, kind of vaguely related. Uh, there's an episode where like the Sandman is like battling the devil in this like battle of something it's right? so weird it's so weird and, and he's like you know i am a tiger and she's like i am a hunter and at the end of it uh she says something weird and thinks she's one and the same man says i am hope and she was stumped what kills hope 
And I think that um Carson. Losses, losses, kill hope. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Caesar, Caesar made me think about it when he was talking I about up the hope. Half back. court, <laughs> All right. sunk that one. All right, it was. Um, that's funny. Uh, it was. It's hope. Hope is. Um, I think one of the greatest things that's come out of all this, man. Man, again, it pains me to say, but it makes me wonder what morale was actually like in that locker room prior. Uh, and I think that that's a fair question, right? right. You know, mm-hmm. um, they're giving caddy game balls. Um, you know, uh, Texas A&M, you would have swore we were playing for the national championship. Right. Fireworks everywhere. Guys are coming out. They're hype. They're a three-win team at the time. You know, so the the hope that they've injected back into this program, I think it helps that we're not fumbling the coaching search. Seemingly, we're seemingly not fumbling the coaching search this time, right? There's a there's a lot of um, optimism around Auburn's NIL program now, whereas most of the people who didn't like Brian Harson complained about NIL, NIL, we won't compete, and it just took Auburn a while to, to get, get get it together. And I liked their strategy, man, because you know what happened was the rules were kind of unclear and some schools went in head first and their alumni just started throwing money everywhere. Yeah. And they maybe got away with it because the rules weren't clear and you could there was a lot of gray area. Mm-hmm. Auburn was just like, we'll be the ones that get busted for being in the gray. So let's figure out a way to go about this smartly. And now they're talking about NIL being one of the major things that may pull Kiffin away from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, it's just the hope, man, the hope, uh, you know, that this coaching staff has injected back into the program and with the players, I think is a powerful thing. And it's hard to measure that in stats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you're not going to look at a stat sheet after the game and we're, oh, we were plus 10 and hope, right? <laughs> the, the, but when it's not there, it has a marked effect on how guys play. They play uninspired. Right. Sometimes it's not sometimes it's just not about X's and O's. It's just about all going out there and chasing a guy down and giving him all you got. Right. It's just about playing football. (laughs) And Caddy seems to have gotten these guys to a place where they're just going out and they're like, listen, man, we played this game our whole lives. Let's just go play. You know, the run game is kind of simple. Move somebody. Right. And let your running backs do their thing. Right. Old school Auburn football did that. You knew we were running it. You couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's kind of what that felt like Saturday. Yeah. You know sure. we're not going to throw a lot. You know, and it will mix in some wrinkles to keep you off balance, like a halfback pass or something. Fortunately, that stuff worked out. But hope, I think, is 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 trick the plays thing. even working now. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. Wow. Yeah. All right. The hope, I think, is what yeah you know, I've noted about this coaching staff. They found a way to motivate. And get these guys back in a winning mindset, uh, which is super important. So, you know, I'm with everybody that says that Brian Harson may not have been a good fit. Uh, because, again, you have to, you know, you're C- as a CEO of a SEC team, um, there are a lot of moving parts. But you cannot forget, like, you know, you cannot treat these guys like... Um, I don't know. There's a measure of, of control that the players have now. Right. And they can walk if they want to. Right. 
right? They get a one-year reprieve if it's your first time and say, hey, I'm going to go play someplace else. I don't like how this coach talks to me or treats me. I don't like that they don't take input from us. And I don't know that all those things were happening, but I'm telling you, there was something going on in the internal culture of this team where it, it was definitely time for a change. So, you know, wish Brian Harson well, you know, whatever. And, and, and if anything, I hope that he learns from this situation. Right? Like, uh, I think one of the most dangerous things in life you can be is so sure that you're right. Mm. That you will not consider the possibility that you may be wrong, and then you'll go into the next situation and make all the same mistakes. So, you know, I hope I hope he changes and adapts, but, you know, uh, and the next guy who comes in, I hope has the ability to be able to assess, you know, uh, where hope is at with our program, uh, uh, you know, properly motivate players. And, you know, I hope he's just as good as a player guy as Caddy is right now. Sure. You know, I, I know they're talking about giving, you know, uh, Lane full autonomy, but man, I just, it would be disappointing if they did not retain Caddy. That would just be really disappointing. I was really disappointed when they didn't re- retain T-Will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there were reasons for that that I can't really talk about on air, but like, the, um, you know, they should have retained T-Will. They should have retained him. And to me, this is a no-brainer, right? You're talking about finding the right guys. Ike was talking about like the coordinators you know, finding the right coordinators and in one year Bama doesn't like this to me, this is a slam dunk. This is one position where you're taking over. You have to worry about the guy, the running backs coach. Yeah. Let me focus all my energy someplace else. Cause I've already got, got a player guy. He's a great recruiter and he knows what he's, he's competent. Right. Right. And now he can put this four game stretch of head coach under his, you know, on his belt for his resume. So somebody who maybe even understands a little bit what you're going through as a head coach. Come on, man. Hire this guy. Associate head coach, something. Sure. And uh, to that point, I think if it's Lane Kiffin, Lane might be a smug head coach. He's not stupid. Right. The recruiter, the coach, the running running backs coach that Caddy is, he's not stupid. He might have some guys he wants to bring along. There's not a better running back coach in the country. Than Cadillac Williams is certainly not better at Auburn than Cadillac Williams. So I, I don't think he would make that mistake. Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs>